You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Hi, welcome to another episode of the XOXO After Dark cast. I, in fact, just almost forgot the name you of the podcast. You did forget it. I saw you forget <laughs> I know, but I got it back because that is how I roll. Um, I'm Abby. I'm here with Kate and special guest host Diana on the mic, as well as a special in-studio guest, uh, Kate Hutchison of Litzy. She is their director of BizDev. I'm told that's how the cool techie people say it. <laughs> um, we will be talking to Kate more about Litzy and about what she does and about deving and bizzing and all that stuff uh, a little later. And she's actually going to join us to talk about today's theme, which is kind of books and reading in the digital age and where are we going and uh, where have we been and how do we keep sharing our love of books, mm-hmm. as we discussed on our last episode. How do we make sure that keeps going for the next generation? So we're going to talk about all of that. Before that, I, of course, want to remind everybody to go to xoxoafterdark.com. That one I do remember. Uh, we have all sorts of great stuff. We have... Um, uh, a ton of gift roundups right now because I don't know about it's you, but December. I'm. It's December. I'm shop, shop, shopping, and uh, I'm shop, shop, shopping, but I haven't bought anything for anybody else yet. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little like one for you, one for me, one for you, <laughs> one two for me. Um, but books fit everyone. That's and true. There's something out there for everyone. So if you need some ideas, we've got some great suggestions for you. And as always, we have plenty of free reads. Right now, Karen Hawkins, I believe, is up there with a wonderful uh, historical romance. I think it's The Prince Who Loved Me, but I can't quite remember off the mm-hmm. top of my head. And uh, we have many other choices for you. Again, those are all free to read uh, for a whole month at a time. So please do check it out. All right, without further ado, let's jump in. I'm so glad that we have Kate here today. Kate and Kate 1 Hi. and Kate 2. Because uh, um, I we was talking to a younger colleague today who said in a way that made me sad, oh, well, people my age don't don't really read, you know, don't buy books. That's what she said. They don't buy books. She didn't say they didn't read. And I thought, wait, Ooh. what? Yeah. Like Somebody it's, who works at, at our job? Well, she reads a lot, but she said, like, her, friend, her friends will only read two books a year. And I've actually heard very similar things. My mm-hmm. cousin is 19, so I base everything off of the, like, younger millennials, Fair. What, they, what she says, but she doesn't read at all. And I'll be like, you will love this book. And I know she they'll they'll read one book over and over. So she loved The Art of Racing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then read it multiple times. And then times. read it multiple times. Huh. She loved, obviously, The Fault in Our Stars and read it multiple times. Huh. And right now she's moved on to Colleen Hoover. Okay. No, um, Yeah, Colleen yeah. Hoover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a real author. The no, 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 I know, but I'm thinking of... It, who did Beautiful Disaster? No, Jamie McGuire. Sorry, Jamie, Jamie McGuire, McGuire yes, yeah. which is um, one of our colleagues' books, but mm-hmm. or imprint books. But um, so yeah, she doesn't read a lot, and you I know though there is something about an age with that with the repetition. I've heard that that's why kids watch the same movies over and over and over. Okay, again. that's why I watch The Real Housewives over and <laughs> yeah, over again. Right. right. I think it, has but it's to a different do... fight every time. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I'm at a different stage, so it yeah. means something different every time I watch <laughs> it. True. Right. But here's another thing too is um. I think that it changes. I don't know about you, but I wasn't buying a ton of books when I was in college. Because I didn't have any money. That and <laughs> that and I just was reading so much for school that mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to justify. So the way that I watch really bad TV is to soothe myself. So mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in school, 
you're reading for the same thing to soothe yourself. So mm-hmm. reading something over and over again is much more soothing than reading a new challenging book. I will right. say that I, to stand on that point, I am not a rereader at all, mm-hmm. except in the four weeks since the election. I have only reread books. I have Comfort not, reading. Yeah, I have right. not picked a, up anything new. A guaranteed. Like, I'm a big rereader. Um, oh, really? Still, I read... Well, I, I had my experience was going into publishing suddenly was like being at school where I was only reading for work. Right. And so I'm trying to I used to be an editor and now I'm on the marketing side. So I'm like, oh, my God, I actually have time to read more for pleasure now because mm-hmm. I'm not having to Huzzah. decide to buy it. Uh, so I'm trying to add to that. But I also had the I wanted the guaranteed. I know the feeling I need to achieve. Mm-hmm. I know which book will get it for me. Yeah. I'm not willing to take any chances mm-hmm. right now. Right. right. And, and I can tell that that is already waning. I'm, I'm rereading mm-hmm. Middlesex right now. And I can tell that when I'm done with that, I'm ready to start something new because I have two in my bag that I'm mm-hmm. like ready to pick up. Mm-hmm. But um, I wonder if that has something to do with how young she is or if that's a temperamental or a generational thing. I don't know. I mean, I think I I mean, I reread a lot, too. And I technology kind of plays a part because when I have my Kindle it's easy to just I don't know I just have so many more books as an option if I'm on the train that Mm -hmm. I'll just pick up something that I've read before just because it's on your phone yeah and then I know Greg my boyfriend will read passages a lot Mm -hmm. Um, he'll skip ahead so he won't reread an entire book but he'll reread certain parts because he just loves Mm -hmm. that one part Mm -hmm. I do that with Toni Morrison books yeah so but that is very TV like in some way because that mimics the way I yeah you sit there and I'm like I'm not looking I don't know surf 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 and then it's like Oh, HGTV. Oh, I've seen this Fixer Upper before, right. and yet I will watch it again. I really thought you were going to say, oh, Rudy's on. I'll watch Rudy, because I'll always watch Not Rudy. everything goes back to Nerd. <laughs> Sorry. But I Rudy's a great it, movie. It has a lot to do with passive engagement mm-hmm. versus deliberate mm-hmm. engagement. And when you go, the act of buying a book, particularly a book that is physical versus an ebook, mm-hmm. it's such an intentional task. Right. And right. that's one of the big things that's very different different and when you deliberately buy a book you feel more invested literally and you're more intentional about the whole experience exactly we were just talking Mm -hmm. about some testing um that you can do where it you know you can get kind of a pilot program and see where test subjects how they read the books that you're publishing Mm -hmm. but i'm curious to see how it plays out because those people did not purchase that book. They right. didn't mm-hmm. see something that said, I, that speaks to me and I want to read it. They're in some sort of test group. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that makes it a little bit different from other consumer products um, where you're only looking at efficiency or right. you're only looking at cost. You are looking for a very personal experience. Especially working in publishing, I think the one thing that we all struggle with is book discovery. Mm-hmm. How, you right. know, there's so many books that are incredible great reads that just don't ever find their right audience Mm -hmm. and then there's other books that you know catch on like wildfire Mm -hmm. and one of the great things about living in the digital age is that word of mouth has really become the way to make a bestseller a bestseller unless you're one of those people you know like James Patterson (laughs) but Lauren Groff Mm -hmm. and Fates and Furies Mm -hmm. is a great example that Mm -hmm. was something that had everything lined up right, but a lot of books have everything lined mm-hmm. up well. Yeah. The reason why that did so well is really because of word of mouth. Right, it's and so that, more I than think, reviews, right? right? Because word of mouth is the more trustworthy right. source now. For exactly, a and I think that has something to do with the a number or at least the saturation of advanced copies that were out there. Because mm-hmm. I was given an advanced copy 
after my friend also in the industry had read right. her advanced copy and I know I gave it to someone else that's an advanced copy nobody paid for that and you're not really supposed to do that right but that sort of w- wish to share with another person is exactly what leads to that type of success and mm-hmm. with advanced copies Diana and I are working on a great new program that Litzy is actually going to be launching mm-hmm. in January called Galley Swag oh. and the idea of that is to offer around six titles every month where you can actually opt in and for you know you purchase a gift card mm-hmm. to out of print or you purchase a piece of swag provided by out of print which is litzy's parent company mm-hmm. you get a galley of your choice oh interesting and with Directly the galley from the publisher yeah it's like going to be the same thing that we think of as a galley like a yeah so we're working with the publishers to get the galleys mm-hmm. and we're working with the publishers to create an exclusive letter that goes directly to the galley swagger Mm -hmm. and the whole intent of this is it's very limited quantities but you know it's making sure that the audience that's going to really love a book can find the book ahead of time and be an evangelist for that book right Mm. and then you know for anyone who's a galley swagger and opting in you know we work in publishing we take galleys for granted right we take books for granted we take books for granted and you know, when you get a book via a giveaway or a mm-hmm. galley via a giveaway, once again, that's mm-hmm. very passive. Right. But when you actively mm-hmm. choose the galley and know, you know, you're counting the, down right. the days for it to arrive, right. it's a much more thrilling experience. And that's one of the great things about working at a startup in publishing is you're able to be agile. And we mm-hmm. saw this opportunity where, you know, let's make the best use of galleys possible and right. let's, mm-hmm. you know, create that buzz and create that word of mouth even months before the book comes out. Interesting. I love it. It's like Stitch Fix for books. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're thrilled about it. And once again, we've been working with Gallery. Mm-hmm. We've been working with Hachette. We have some really great titles. And again, it's giving people that are on Litzy and a part of the Litzy community what they want, which right. is the intent of Litzy. Have more people reading books that they love. So so Litzy is an app. Correct. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about how it Works. Yes. So Litzy is was described by Book Riot as Instagram meets Goodreads. Okay. And <laughs> that's pretty descriptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's such a perfect description because, you know, Goodreads, there's a lack of spont- spontaneity to it. Mm-hmm. You and go on Goodreads. Yes, you, you go to, like, on Goodreads and it's a login and I kind of say that Goodreads reviews are sort of like dreams. No one cares about anyone's but their own. <laughs> <laughs> And there, I read a lot of them actually, but that's because it's books I've worked on, and right, so exactly. I'm trying to get professional, essentially professional feedback. Right, even I'm as like, I tell authors, not I'm like to read the author. Them. I can't read them. I'm like, because if, if they don't love it, I'm like, well, you're stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this experience, no. but I do it. And there's a tremendous amount of. That's what she I, said. <laughs> <laughs> I've. You know, I feel guilty going to my, to my Goodreads account because I haven't updated it in so long. Oh, I just that reminder. No, and I feel guilty. Oh, it's yeah, Goodreads shame. And <laughs> the thing about I'm reading a book that I supposedly started in 2014. I'm like, no, I've lost that book now. I don't know where it is. Like, it's like yeah. I never. I've read a hundred books since then. Yeah. Right, and so with Litzy, and the reason why I was so, you know. I gravitated towards Litzy is because it captures all of those moments between s- discovering a book slash never hearing about and a book actually. and actually finishing or even bailing on a book. Right. And yeah. once again, because there's a lack of ways to discover books online, mm-hmm. the great thing about Litzy is it's intended to be word of mouth. Right. And 
the co-founders were inspired by shelf talkers, which are the best part about going into a bookstore. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I worked at a bookstore fulfilling my dream of being Kathleen Kelly and You've Got Mail. <laughs> and watching someone being able to discover a book in real life and then using Litzy and realizing how close that experience mm-hmm. is has been really exciting to see mm-hmm. and validating in a lot of ways. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think you also have one of the best photo editing apps. <laughs> yes. Your filters and everything. I mean, it's just... Have you gotten the stickers yet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, and Gallery and XOXO is actually, they're both on Litzy, mm-hmm. uh, Gallery Books and XO. But it's just yes. nice to be in a community, I I would say, where you know that everyone's a, a reader. Yes. Whereas, like, on Instagram, I think it's kind of a big mishmash of everything. Um, right. It's but, kind of like bookstagram. Yeah. Right. But and you're, in, like, in with your people. Thing. In this time of bubbles, yeah. let us embrace the book bubble. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you find books, Diana? Um, a lot of it is word of mouth. I think. Yeah. I mean, I I think my perception of books has been worked now that I work at gallery. It's so different inside um, the industry. Yeah, you it really totally is. Forget. And like you said, I think um, what you were saying about purchasing a book. You know, we don't. I don't. I haven't bought a book in a little bit of a while, mainly because a lot of the books that I get are even right. given to, are either mm-hmm. given to me or they're. Books we get I'm paid in more books, right? Much. <laughs> so, but then I don't feel that urgency or that like mm-hmm. desire to read it because mm-hmm. it's just there, and I didn't actively go it's out. Like and a search giveaway, for it. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. exactly. And I have um, stacks of those that right. I don't read, and then yeah. I'll be traveling and stop in at an airport bookstore and buy and the buy new Tana French, right? Yes. Tana French, mm-hmm. um, because I want that, and I did it again yeah. at a different. I've been flying a lot, so I've actually bought a lot of books recently mm-hmm. because I I was carrying galleys. Yeah. from other publishers that people had given me or I had gotten in mailings or whatever. And I remember thinking, like, pulling it out, looking at it, and thinking, ah, I don't Take want it that. Or leave it. Yeah. Right. I want that. And right. I paid 30 bucks for a hardcover in an airport, which is exactly what they wanted right. to do. And it was great. I had such enjoyment and relish for it. Um, I will say I was on – well, I should give Greg credit because he'll listen to this. But he showed me this new website. It's called recommendmeabook.com. And what? Yeah. And what it does is it shows – it gives you the first page. Okay. There's no cover. You know, it doesn't tell right. you anything. Hmm. And so you read the first page. And after you read it, you can either decide to show you the author and the title or you can go to the next book. It's called recommendmeabook.com. Yeah. I'll link to it in I'm the gonna blog I'm going to spend so post. long on that. So, it um, sort of sounds like it could easily become an app that's like Tinder for books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like swipe right or swipe left. Ooh, I know. Yeah. It really should do that Uh i think we talked about that but um yeah so he uh so i went on it and i was like i'm really liking this book and obviously i mean there's a little bit of paid placement on it so Mm -hmm. it'll be you know you can pay to have one of your books and the top of um, consumers don't know that so um (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah so when we I, i went through a couple and um the Secret History was one that came mm-hmm. up for me. Mm-hmm. Great book. Um, yeah. I've never read it. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's, yeah. I really hate books about groups of friends. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really don't like them. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh but well, I clicked through the first couple of three just to see, like, you know, what it was. And it's it really does prove that, like, very – the popular books are just very good, very well written. Right from the get-go. Yeah, right from mm-hmm. the get-go. So it was uh, Secret History. I'm thinking of the ones that Greg talked and I talked about. Um, A Life of Pi. Mm. And the Little Prince. Oh, I love Little Prince. So I would recommend it. It's it's cute. It's fun. It's like you're playing a game. It's like it is, but it sounds really fun until you realize there might be a paid component. That would be where I would lose engagement. So um, that's one of the things, right. especially working at a publishing startup mm-hmm. or a tech startup, is 
navigating how do you make money because obviously you can't work for free right but also not dilute the experience of right. the user yeah and one of the things that you have to keep in mind is just making sure that the user experience is always for the best so right. even though yes it might be paid it those books are so great books right right so um it's interesting because I will always take a person's recommendation over anything else. And 100%. I think the re- one of the main reasons isn't that I trust that person. It's that I know they have no vested interest. Right. They mm-hmm. don't make anything mm-hmm. off it. Right. Um, Even Amazon reviews now, like, I mean, the scandals of the last couple of years where first they were, they kind of went up in uh, parallel with the rise of the self-publishing industry mm-hmm. where first people figured out oh, all my friends are just going to rush in and rate it five stars right away. And then they figured out, oh, I can actually pay someone in the Philippines to put 500 reviews for this here. I did not know about that. That's a thing. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on social, Mer. too. Mer. Yeah. For like, yeah. A lot of those friends followers. are not, yeah, those followers are not real real people. Oh, no. Um, I feel like th- that was in an episode of something. I actually oh, read a book about that um, where mm. a girl works for an advertising agency and they pick a company or they pick a product okay. and they sit there and write horrible reviews for it. Then they get hired by the agency <gasps> by that oh, product. Oh wow! And then she sits there and writes positive reviews. That is for rude. It. <gasps> um, it, isn't that a fascinating That's story? Terrible, though? That is, and that was just a little part of the book. I need to figure terrible. out what book it's that is. It's the world we live in in a post-fact so era. Oh my god! <laughs> but going back to that book discovery mm-hmm. of reading the first page and basing it on that, mm-hmm. how there are certain books I remember reading Americana. The opening oh, scene, that, that opening scene yeah. with getting her hair braided. Yeah, there are certain books where the first page is so striking it's true. that it just and like going back to classics and comfort reading, Cannery Row, first paragraph, John Steinbeck will always bring me to tears. Me and my dad, Aww. my dad, Aww. he'll cry during. The Little Princess, the movie. Oh, oh my god! Because I'm a '90s baby. Die oh. during that. I wasn't born in the '90s. I'll just no, stop. But like, yeah. So movie. does my dad. That and Cannery Row, first paragraph. <laughs> like it. That's it. Yeah, and it's um, my recent one is uh, Midwife's, a Midwife's Tale. Oh, I haven't. Um, you've never read it? No. Oh my gosh, you Who's have to author? read it right now. Is that the Margaret Atwood? Margaret Atwood. Oh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Sorry, what did I say? You said Midwife's Tale. Sorry, I meant Handmaid's Tale. And in my head, I'm thinking of The Midwife of Venice, which is also apparently very good. I just misspoke. But Um, Margaret Atwood. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Okay, I mean, I have never read Margaret Atwood. You have to read her right now. I know. And that one is great. She will change your life. Have you read the other, the Atwood that still stays with me? And it's old now. Some of it will feel dated. Is it Robert Bride? No. I love Robert. Um, it's the edible woman. It's one of oh. her very early ones, yeah. and it's all about body image. Mm-hmm. And it's the the short version is basically a woman. I think she's engaged. I think mm-hmm. they're not married yet. Yeah, and she's like gonna lose a little weight before her wedding. And she's basically she's making like dinner one night, and she's has a chicken breast, and she suddenly is like chicken breast it's gross it's the raw chicken breast on Mm -hmm. the table and she's and I get that when you're like this is gross I can't even eat this you just lose your taste for it so first she doesn't want that and she sort of slowly is losing her taste for all sorts of food and it's this wonderful metaphor for her her situation in this impending relationship and I'm going to read that you are going to love oh I will love that that Um, that's really fascinating and it's and it's because it's earlier it's on the shorter side for Margaret Atwood she's definitely grown in length yeah uh, later in her career but Handmaid's Tale of course incredible and she's really 
but she's gone on to one, do more science fiction too. Right. So the reason I mention it is because on page one mm-hmm. she sets up this entire dystopian world with turns of phrase that are unfamiliar, etc. And immediately you know exactly where you're at. There, yeah. there mm-hmm. is no, or at least what, the first time I read it, I think I was maybe 19 or 20, and I read it again recently and was struck by how familiar it was and how how easy it was to understand. I've been wanting to reread that or read it because I think it was assigned to me in high school and oh, the fact that count. it was a homework assignment. Spoils it. It's yeah, I, I didn't yeah. even try. Yeah. I think I didn't read it, but mm-hmm. I've been wanting to read it because yeah. it is like it's exactly what I would like. But I think I don't know. I remember that like the feel of the book and the hard mm-hmm. that like um paper it's not hardcover but it was like the paper overboard. Oh yeah, the library, high school yeah. library oh, yeah. situation. Yeah. 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 Um I do have to tell a triumph of word of mouth recently. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine I was traveling with a friend of mine and he was saying, "Oh, I just I really want to read something. I, the last book I really really liked was The Martian." And we were sitting there, we were in Chicago, and I kind of thought on it for a second, and I said, oh, you have to read Dark Matter, because you had told mm -hmm. me about it. I have not read it, but Diana sang its praises to me, described it beautifully. So I recommended it to him. He devoured it. He downloaded it immediately, loved it. And then he texted me to say, you'll never guess what, we were in the restaurant where he started writing it. There's a restaurant located in the book that's based on a restaurant that we ate at when we were in Chicago. Yeah, because it takes place in Chicago. Yeah, and so he was like, did you know that when you recommended it to me? Because I'd never been to this restaurant until until he took me there. And then, cool. wasn't that a crazy, like, that's line awesome. from you to yeah. me to him to that restaurant? It's just that's so fun. Really so, um, I really love it. A friend of mine who's been my friend since we I moved to New York and started working in publishing, Anna Petoniak, she's an editor at Random House, mm-hmm. and she actually has a book coming out by Lee Boudreaux at Hachette um, in January. Oh, she Very wrote excited. a book. She wrote a book awesome. as well. So she's a double threat. Um, <laughs> it's called The Futures, and mm-hmm. it's about living in New York. She, I don't know if anyone's read um, Chronic City by Jonathan Lethem. Mm-hmm. Well, she lives in the building with the piano bar. Oh, how funny. Edward I, Tui's building or yeah. whatever or, or tool or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, she lives in the building that this book was oh, based oh, on, that's awesome. which is so funny. And it's um, one of those things that someone in publishing would never take for granted. Yeah. Right. So when I finally read the book, I just kept thinking, oh, my God, this is Anna's place. Also, <laughs> that must be so noisy. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, let's take a quick little break. Yeah. And um, when we come back, we're going to keep talking about this and talking about how to find all of our favorite books. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back, and uh, we're excited to still be talking with Kate Hutchison from Litzy. And uh, I'm going to hand the microphone reins over to Diana as the techiest of the three of us. Sure. And um, <laughs> so we will be listening and chiming in, and I will probably be asking dumb old questions. That is my job on this no. podcast, Kate, is to be the old who is like, I grew up before the Internet. How does this work? Beep, boop. When but, she's card catalogs. Yes, card catalogs with actual cards. And so Rolodex had, era? Yes. Yeah, I still call it a, <laughs> I still call it a Rolodex even though it's on my Outlook now. Like yeah. 
no, we can, we could scrap our game at the end of this for just how is Abby old, but um, <laughs> someday we will have to do just that an entire podcast game. of that. Um, but uh, uh, Diana, I'll let you take it away because sure. I know I want to hear more about Litzy yeah. and how it works. Well, I think um, you know you've talked a little bit about Litzy before, but I in that first segment, but I wanted to see um, or you to tell about your your history in publishing because I think you've done a lot of very different jobs and it's super interesting to see how you've gone from one end to now on the other end with Litzy and development and business so biz dev dev. I'm sorry I should know better (laughs) um so I moved to New York to work in publishing and I had for a very long time believed that I wanted to be a literary agent so I moved here to um intern for a gentleman by the name of Joe Regal who did Big Fish and the time traveler's wife and I got very very lucky and was only there for a very short amount of time before working at another literary agency that actually paid me. So um, I was working at a literary agency called Trident and then moved from there to work at another literary agency at called WME, um, William Morris Endeavor. And from there, I actually realized that I wanted to try something new. So I moved on to work at Amazon as an editor for Kindle Singles. And did that, you move out of New York or were you? No, working? I the whole Stay time here. I've been staying in New York. Mm-hmm. And I um, while I was at Amazon, I realized that being an editor didn't really play into some of my strengths. And I really missed working with people mm-hmm. and went on to be director of Hachette Speakers Bureau. And then I left there even though I loved it very, very much, to pursue a dream of mine to be, like I said earlier, to be Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> and I went to be the events manager at Rizzoli Bookstore, which if anyone lives in New York, this is such a beautiful bookstore. And they do one. unique mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful time working there. But during my time there, I had downloaded Litzy and I found out about it from a TechCrunch article that my friend forwarded to me and said, you know, check check out this app. And I downloaded it and was immediately struck by it because I am a huge fan of Bookstagram, but mm-hmm. I never felt like it scratched the itch in terms of book discovery because even though they're very beautiful pictures, yeah. I don't I judge a book by its cover, but I need a little bit more right. than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found that with Litzy, I was discovering these gems of books that I wouldn't discover elsewhere and in addition to that I was able to track what I was reading track what I wanted to read similar to Goodreads but in a much more instantly gratifying sort of way Mm -hmm. and in the palm of my hand which is great because I'm rarely at a desktop so I like the options that it gives you yeah where you're gonna no no well just because it's with Instagram you can be like I like it and you can say something but that's kind of your only metric really or yes exactly and with Let's see. There's um, there's at least like kind of three different ways. Right. You don't forget about it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I so I was working at the bookstore and I sent LinkedIn fan mail to one of the <laughs> co-founders. I didn't even know they had a New York office, but the co-founder that was based in Charlotte was coming to New York. And long story short, I ended up working there a couple of months later. And That's great. It hasn't felt like a job at all. Working at a startup, it's important to drink the Kool-Aid. And I had <laughs> I was high on the Kool-Aid long before I started. So it I can't believe it's a job. It doesn't feel like it at all. Awesome. Well, so really quickly, what did you do at the literary agency? Because I think a lot of people don't really understand 
what agents do, and then what what was your role at the Speakers Bureau? I'm just curious. And how does that feed into yeah. what you're doing now? Why right. did that make you the perfect litzy right. person? It's hard in publishing. A lot of times you have to stay at one job to be promoted. Right. And I tend to get very restless mm-hmm. and haven't stuck around at jobs long enough to get promoted. So I just up and leave to the next one. And working at literary agencies is a thrilling experience. And basically an agent is a hybrid between an editor and is the middleman between the publisher and the author. So you're working closely with the author to make sure that you're being his or her advocate. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered working at a literary agency was there was less, while there was a lot of business, it wasn't solely business. And I realized I was more drawn to that after working at Amazon and realizing I didn't really like editing as much (laughs) as I thought I would. And one of the things about working at the Speakers Bureau Every publisher or most publishers have a speaker's bureau, yeah. which right. means that you negotiate speaking deals for various authors. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing with Hachette. So any little brown author, Marcus Luttrell, who um, wrote Lone Survivor, mm-hmm. he was someone that we worked with. Um, Frank Bruni was another one that we worked <laughs> with, a New York Times writer. Mm-hmm. And it was a great experience. And then moving on to the bookstore and being able to look – having the business side of things and having the editorial side of things yeah. and obviously having the love of books. I think what sealed the deal with me working at Litzy was knowing how people discover books in real life. Right. right. Having watched that final bit of the process. Exactly. Right. And I didn't realize how much I learned working at Rizzoli until I actually left. Really? Mm-hmm. For instance, you know, buy a book buyer is this gatekeeper Mm -hmm. to an entire bookstore and is a curator. And then I, working so closely with a book buyer on events, I realized, you know, they're being able to interact with salespeople at publishing houses was very interesting too. So there's Mm -hmm. this whole other world that I became aware of that, you know, as an agent, as someone who worked at the Speakers Bureau, as an editor, you aren't aware of. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What was kind of the... So you were doing events at Rizzoli, right? Yes, and so publicity. So did you watch people, did you often get the chance to watch people kind of browse around? Yes. And what did you notice about that? Like the so, ways people do it? The ways that people do it, you you always get the people coming in and saying, hey, my friend recommended this book, do you right. have it? Right. And if they're not doing that, staff picks. Oh, they yeah. go straight to staff picks. Yeah. It, I always felt so honored when my staff <laughs> pick would sell out. <laughs> and being able to give a little bit of extra love to a book mm-hmm. that has meant a lot to you, it's almost like paying it forward. And yeah. that's what I've found very valuable about Litzy is working with publishers to make sure that these great gems of books that wouldn't have been discovered otherwise are getting discovered. Yeah. And you're going to know about the Zadie Smiths. Right. You're going to know about the, you know, the new Jonathan Lethem. You're going to know about those books already. Mm-hmm. But there's certain books that you'll only discover because you're on Litzy. For oh, instance, for sure. The Red Car was something that I didn't know about until I joined Litzy. Hmm. And it's been one of my favorite books of the year. Really? And I thank Litzy so much for, you know, helping yeah. me discover that read. Yeah. That's really interesting. What is it? Um, as a Litzy user, as mm-hmm. well as a Litzy knower of all things now, as you're sort of flipping through, what is it that catches your eye 
um, or makes you think, yeah, I want to know about this, uh, maybe versus the way you might have scrolled through a bookstagram kind of experience? For me, it's the quick reviews. All of the reviews and everything has to be under 451 characters. Mm-hmm. So it's not and 78 GIFs? Like. No. <laughs> and also it's thumbs up, you know, right. thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. So the reviews. But for me as someone who posts and also for me as someone who discovers blurbs and quotes, quotes yeah. in particular, I love underlining. And <laughs> with Litzy, it's a great chance for me just to take a picture of the underline and save it to my feed and I can scroll back and read that for comfort and other people can scroll through see a quote that they can identify with and add that book that the Mm -hmm. quote came from to their to read shelf. You know what's so funny um, talking about discoverability yesterday I was on Twitter and an SNS author had posted their own giveaway with a with a quote from the book on uh, Amazon then Touchstone's marketing director retweeted it, which is how I saw it. I loved the quote so much that I was moved to tears, wrote to the Touchstone marketer and said, can I have a copy of that? And she physically brought it down to me because mm-hmm. it's one of her favorite books. And that's why she retweeted it. Right. I never would have picked up this book before. I did not care for the copy the entire way it was sold in both hard and soft. I was like, no, not interested. I'm so glad you're not saying what book this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't read it yet. It's in my bag, so I don't want to come, you know, I don't want to say. I love the fluidity of moving from meat space to the virtual and back again. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting how, like, the, this quote idea that sometimes just one line of a book or one paragraph of a book exactly. can really motivate you in mm-hmm. a way that the cover copy couldn't, the cover itself couldn't, the, the endorsement quotes couldn't, right. et cetera. And bookstagrammers aren't incentivized to share a quote because... Right. Let's be honest, you ever take the time to read quotes on Instagram? No, you're too busy. Unless they're like one you're scrolling through Right, so exactly. Right. I, no matter how hard I try to follow every publisher, I always end up on someone's avocado toast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just me being basic, right. but still, I always end up looking at brunch spots. Right. And yeah. on Litzy, there's also no guilt involved. You can spend so much time on Litzy, and it's not feeling, you know, the guilt that you feel when you go through a shame spiral on right. Instagram it's looking right. at, you know, these strangers on vacation that you don't even know how you got there. <laughs> right. Because you're there for the books. <laughs> right. Right. It's ter- it's perfectly all right to stalk a book. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, and it's also kind of nice to see, you know, click into a book that you might be interested in and then see someone else's shelf, right? And then see, you know, oh, well, I'm assuming they have similar taste to me. Right. It's kind of nice to find that other discoverability mm-hmm. on similar books that you like. I mean, not yeah. yeah, or you notice that you keep being drawn to a particular poster's yeah uh, post, and suddenly you're like, oh, I guess I just really like their taste. What else are they reading? <laughs> exactly. And then it's back to Who working you? on like are your favorite movie critic too, where you're like, I know I can trust that person because we always agree about right. stuff. Right. So I found um, I was bonding with someone who works in publishing over this great book called The Life and Death of so- Sophie Stark, and it's blurred by Lena Dunham, mm-hmm. and it's a dark. Very interesting, but swift read. Yeah. And that's rare where, you know, you still get bang for your buck in terms of a book being fast and engaging, but also deep. Mm -hmm. And when I realized he was on Litzy, now I stalk his list because I'm like, well, if you like this, then I'm going to like pretty much everything else you read. And now I have this great to be read stack. Mm -hmm. And if going back to bookstagram, I used to take pictures like, you know, screenshots of the books yeah. that I wanted to read <laughs> oh, right. they always got lost in yeah. my like I yeah. never came back to them with Litzy it's a great way to keep track mm-hmm. of what you want to read even when I go to an indie bookstore now 
if I don't want to haul all the books home with me, I will take a picture of the cover, add that to my to read stack, share it on Litzy, and it's right there. Mm-hmm. Next time I go back into the shop, I'll remember to mm-hmm. buy it. Right. It, it almost sounds so I haven't used Litzy yet although of course I'm going to download it after this talk because now <laughs> I'm sold but um, I'm a big believer in the idea that the books that you need find you mm. and you can't really chart how that happens it just happens and it happens to me a lot in independent bookstores where, mm-hmm. where I'm kind of wandering even in even in a BNN, and um, wandering around spending a, a significant amount of time and really picking stuff up, putting stuff down. For a while, I'll hold seven. I'll narrow it down because you can <laughs> afford that. And then the right books. And most most of all this happens in used bookstores. But mm-hmm. you can really kind of get a feel. And, and sometimes the right thing just finds you. And it sounds like this is the sort of thing where you could spend some time on it and allow for that same sort of organic process to happen. Exactly. It's like that experience only in the palm of your hand right and there was such a need for it because if you look at how people discover books there really wasn't a way to capture that in social media or anything like that because even if you follow your favorite authors you're finding out more about their kids on social media (laughs) than you are finding out about the books so for instance we worked with Jodi Picot Mm -hmm. on a great account takeover and she had this new book come out called Small Great Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot about it, but I haven't read it. Right. It's a lot more controversial and timely and different from a lot of her other books. Mm-hmm. And she took over the Litzy account and started sharing books that influenced her while writing that. Mm-hmm. So versus following her on Instagram where you might get a glimpse of her on tour or you might get a, l- a glimpse of her personal life, on Litzy you're able to empathize with this best-selling iconic author as a reader as a reader Mm -hmm. exactly it's a whole different dimension and very relevant completely and again everyone on litzy is there for the books right so we just had an event um at book riot live we had a booth and it was very it was great to have people come up to you and say i'm not on any other social media (laughs) except litzy and you know talking about social media and publishing reading is such a solitary task right it's really Litzy's almost like the anti-social social media app <laughs> where and that's another thing too like authors for instance mm-hmm. are notoriously isolating or isolated yeah. they mm-hmm. cut themselves right. off and right. dedicate a lot of yeah. time to their craft and aren't necessarily type A personalities right. they all got into writing so they didn't have to go out and talk to other people in the world they're <laughs> right. like no I want to make a world in here and stay here where it's safe And I can imagine that's a challenge in marketing sometimes Mm -hmm. where you work with an author and having a social media presence has become so important. Right. But at the same time, that's just very hard. Like Mm -hmm. Donna Tartt, speaking Mm -hmm. of the secret history, is a great example of that. And at the same time, there's such an allure to her being off of social media. Mm -hmm. And we saw that, too, with Emma Klein recently with The Girls. Mm -hmm. But you look at something like The Girls versus Sweet Bitter and mm-hmm. they came out around the same time and Stephanie Dandler is a social media darling right. and both are very successful marketing strategies mm-hmm. but once again you have to spin it a certain way and you have to play to the actual strengths of the person exactly you know? right. yeah. also I have to Sweet Bitter once again one of my favorite <laughs> books it's on my list but yeah, I haven't read it, right. it up. Oh, I love that if cover someone so hasn't read it it's mm-hmm. It's great. It's searing. It's fantastic. I cannot wait to see what she writes next. Awesome. Um, so then how I know you mentioned Galley Swag and um, the takeover. So how can people join be a Galley Swagger? And then um, what's the best way for them to take advantage of some of the other programs you have? Because I know um, you have a newsletter coming out. Yes. So they can sign up on email. So maybe just give a little bit more background on that. 
I would encourage everyone who hasn't done so, download the app. <laughs> First and foremost. We will First and foremost. It. So on um, and following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook is the best way to get updates on Galley Swag, but that will be launching in late January, so keep an eye out for that. And in terms of the Litzian, which is our bi weekly newsletter, we'll be having one come out in December, so now. Um, and the way you can sign up for that is going to litzy.com and subscribing. And going back to that event that we did at Book Riot, the Litzian came up because what we like to do in the Litzian is feature books that are trending on the Litzy app mm-hmm. and that people are talking about that aren't necessarily the ones that you see splash over right. all of the bookstagrammers' right. pages. Okay, Awesome. Great. Yeah, so we'll link to it. Um, I think it's on iPhone and Android. Right? Yes, it's on, it's on both. All devices. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, key. Available key. wherever apps are downloaded. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, should we do our, our oh, true, confessions? true confessions? So, okay, okay it's, I think I've memorized them at this point. I think we probably, we'll see. We'll, we'll be listening to make sure. So it's just uh, the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. They're ready? not. They're not. Nothing is going hard. to keep you from a from a political career later yeah. in life. Okay, my shoulders just tense and my palms starting. <laughs> These are all super. Literally, nothing that. can keep you from a political career later <laughs> in know, life. Absolutely, so, <laughs> we're all golden. Right. Um, okay. Sweet or salty? Oh, salty. Uh, yeah. Mountains or beach? Mountains. Heels or flats? Oh God. Flats. <laughs> um, ebook or paper? Mm-hmm. Paper. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I would have thought E with the, yeah. you know, live in the digital space. Once but... you work at Amazon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> um, ooh, what's the other one? Oh, favorite Do road trip food? Yep. Pistachios. Oh, mm. that's a good one. Because you got that satisfying crack. And salty. Mm-hmm. salty. Uh, one turn on and one turn off. And this can be literal or more... General. General. general we've had it both we deal with a lot of romance authors so we've had some very literal answers we've had some that are more conceptual and some people just say like pretty eyes <laughs> oh okay um turn on oh 100% intelligence mm-hmm. it, yeah. number one thing yeah like yeah I think that's the sexiest quality someone can have <laughs> and turn off I hate emoticons Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, I kind of I agree with you. You are a cons. secret Luddite in the clothing <laughs> of a new media superstar. Oh, 100%. I, emojis, I have to admit, I've drank a little bit. I, I touched, love emojis. They're so adorable sometimes. Right. And now that my iPhone keeps it like plaguing me mm-hmm. with suggestions. Oh, mine doesn't have mm. that. Some of them are so cute. No, oh, Some of them are so, so cute. Like it the one for house. There's like a really <laughs> cute one for house and bug. Like, there's a yeah. really cute little ant thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and I also mm-hmm. say emojis are more like hieroglyphics, but emoticons, deal breaker. Okay. <laughs> Fair okay. enough. All right. Um, what word would you oh, yeah. ban from the English language? Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. We have the standards. Wait, I got to hear some examples. Moist, <laughs> panties, vulva. <laughs> Who said vulva? Adam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but someone said bay. Oh, yeah, Because they didn't like the slang, just bugged them. Um, bay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I can't remember. I, we've gotten a lot of moist in panties. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> and those there's are the title bad. of the episode. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty bad. Um, 
I wish that I could figure out a different word for actually because I say it a lot. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I wish I could figure out a synonym that would accomplish the same thing. So I would ban that. No, I would ban like from my vocabulary. (laughs) Uh I I would ban like from everyone's vocabulary. Right. And I never notice if someone doesn't use it. But when someone uses it a lot. Oh, also, I should preface this with I'm from California. Mm -hmm. So when I say it, it's just like... Your California is showing. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when other people say it, it's uh, atrocious. Yes, exactly. So I would say like or actually. Correct. Okay. Um, what is your favorite uh, romantic movie? No, that's the last that's one. That's the last sorry. one. Oh, I'm it's sorry. What would you task. pay? If you could pay someone to do one task for you for the rest of your life, what would it be? Can I have someone just be cold for me? <laughs> if I, that would be my superhero power. I would never be cold. And it, I love being in the cold. I just hate being cold in the cold. That's valid. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Or that standing line. in line. You would have a personal warmer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that would be lovely. Or standing, standing in, line. in the line. Yeah. You could do that. Task Rabbit. That's yeah, kind true. of what it was created for. Um, and then. Oh, and then your favorite romantic comedy romantic romantic movie, movie. movie. doesn't have you've to be got comedy. mail yeah okay. we, yes. i knew you you've got mail um i really love that movie i also another feel good i can watch over and over again sabrina the old I one or the, the old one? one the old one i like the new one oh. you're the second person oh. who said they were no, the new one i, I think that's one. of the devil yeah, no, I'm Audrey. Old one forever. She almost commits suicide in that one. Oh, yeah, but like, yeah, but it's not okay that. just because it's in black and white. Yeah. I love what these dark things happen that and part. they just go, oh, it's in black and oh, white, yeah, black but and she's white. beautiful. It is. Black and white is like an English accent. Everything right. seems just right. better, right. funnier, charminger. Right. She describes like, the goldfish named George. George. It's my favorite George. Word. Trying too hard. Yeah. Um, I incidentally did watch uh, one of our recent guests, Sabrina Jeffries. She recommended a, a movie called How to Steal a Million Dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. With Audrey Hepburn uh-huh. and Peter O'Toole. Okay. And it's on Netflix. Yeah. And I watched it the next Is weekend. It, great? it was, it was, it was charming. It was a little, it was a little slow to start. And mm-hmm. I was sort of like, Well, Peter O'Toole is not known for oh. quick wit, no? Oh, Sweet Summer Child. No, he's. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I'm sorry. What is no, that? he was delightful. I don't understand the noises. Don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> sorry, I exploded. Um, <laughs> no, he's very uh, Noel Cowardy. Okay. Like, so, yes. But it was more comedy, less romantic than I was oh. hoping for, given my obvious lust for Peter O'Toole in his younger days. Obvious lust yes, is accurate. Yeah. You know what's another great, great classic romance? Bridget Jones. I don't like Bridget Jones. Oh, I like Bridget Jones. I love Bridget Jones. And I it's because I don't feel any sort of empathy with the hapless. (laughs) No, Kate Kate (laughs) suffers. Kate suffers the hapless very ill. It's just not something I find endearing. Yes, Kate is hapful. Very (laughs) hapful. Totally hapful. I get Um, that it's supposed to be endearing, but that's a thing that always bothers me about her. You know what, though, I've realized as I've gotten older, my appreciation for Audrey Hepburn has gone down. Well, right, because you're not 19 and you realize the artifice Similar that goes into Right, it. and Rory Gilmore, another one. Where uh, I we were just talking re-watching about the Gilmore thing. Girls. I know. Rewatching Can't the Gilmore even. Girls, I just, the almost 30 me is judging her so hard yes, for it. Right, like you are unacceptably narcissistic. The, yeah. You are, and also, who drops out of Yale? <laughs> <laughs> I read an amazing article all about the unspoken privilege of Gilmore Girls and mm-hmm. how it's mm-hmm. actually unacceptable that in the 10 intervening years, the show did not try deal to deal with that. Right. Because a lot has changed in the last 10 years. But I know, it made it? me feel like that really reflected on the 
Portly creator on the of director. Paris. Yeah, and I was like, yes, oh, Team Paris. All but the way. don't we make a lot of? Um, we give her a lot of slack, Rory, because she reads. Right. Right. That's how I she became a cult figure. Not in the news. And mm-hmm. you know, working in publishing, whenever um, people hear you work in publishing, do you always get, oh, I should read more. Mm, I get that a lot. Oh, I'm I, usually busy telling people they should read more. So See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, you shouldn't. If you don't like reading, don't like it. Oh, no. I'm like, if you don't read, please leave. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm, I have no time for people who don't read, although I'm like, I will settle for a buy. That was one of my. Things. If you can't read, please buy the yeah. book. Support. Oh, buy the book. Yeah. But of course, we. Um, I don't know about you, but I would assume Kate and I often get a lot of. Oh, I I've always I have a great idea for a book. Is yeah. On the editorial side, you get God that bless a lot. You both. Because they don't so read, sorry. but they all want to write a book, or they don't. They want someone else to write the book, but they're happy to sell you the idea. Or they right. think they can write a book in a month. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's opening a can of worms we don't have time for. Um, We are going to play a game. We're going to take a little break first, and then we will reset and we'll come back. And Kate, will you stick around and play our game with us? Yes, of course. Awesome. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back, and uh, Diana has thought of a brand new game for us to play today. Yes. We're very excited, so I'm going to hand it over to her as the mistress of ceremonies for this. <laughs> yes. Um, so, since this is kind of a digital, mobile-themed podcast, I thought um, Kindle has this really great, actually... Uh, feature where you can see the most highlighted passages, um, especially when you read a book on yes. your Kindle, um, and they'll give you the top 10. So I've pulled the top highlighted passages from their top books. Okay. Um, so I will read you the passage, and you have to guess the book. Okay. The, uh, Are we taking turns, or do we just have to ring in in a joyful is it, shout? Is it shouting? Yeah, you guys can it? shout. Okay. okay. Um, not too loud, obviously. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I think you all get those. It is a truth universally acknowledged (laughs) that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Let's see, did this for the Android release where it was a spin like every single person with an Android is in want of Lexi. (laughs) It is true. That's true. true. Well, now you are calibrated into how competitive we are. I know. Exactly. Okay. We don't wait for her to finish it, apparently. Yeah, just go ahead. Um, Okay. The wide world is all about you. You can fence yourself in, but you cannot forever fence it out. Is that the secret? No. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it sounds YA to me. It, is it Hunger Games? No. Fault in Our Stars? Nope. Do, right. It's the Lord, the, Ring, the Lord of the Rings. Ugh. Really? Who cares? Okay. Weirdo. <laughs> um, this is, okay, um, whatever, from the best-selling book. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, the alchemist your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding the bible, the bible. The bible? yeah uh, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh whoa like, it is no the best selling book right <clears throat> or yeah best selling book of all best-selling time, yeah. book of all time. Yep. isn't anne frank also up there it's like the bible yeah. and anne frank is it mm-hmm. it's one of the best selling books of all huh. time Didn't yeah, but the bible has some really strong marketing behind it yeah. <laughs> i know and those colored passages you know <laughs> that red really <laughs> captures it pops <laughs> Had a long time. Okay. Um, there are many Beths in the world, shy and quiet. Oh, little women. 
Yeah. Sitting in quarters till needed and living for others so cheerfully that no one sees the sacrifices <laughs> till the little cricket on the hearth stops chirping and the sweet sunshiny present <laughs> vanishes. I have to. Her mind no, right I now. just have to tell you something about Little Women. <laughs> Isn't that um, happy thing? <laughs> this is why I love love New York. A friend of mine directed and another friend wrote a play called Women. And it was girls meets little women. That's so it was like oh Shoshana, you know, all Hannah, yeah. all is different that's awesome. little women characters. Oh my gosh, that's it amazing. was phenomenal. I would go see that now. I know. They I need want to bring to it back. Right yeah, Yara yes, Attic and Stephanie Ward need to come back <laughs> and resurrect women. It was phenomenal. Yes, that's amazing. It was so good. Okay. Um, but of course, we can't take any credit for our talents. It's how we use them that counts. The Bible again? No. <laughs> of course, you can't take this. Any uh, this book just thoughts. became popular during the election season. But of course, you can't. Is it hard choices? No. Is it nonfiction or fiction? Fiction. During the election season, what nonfiction or what fiction? Is right, it? Give me five seconds. Oh no! Give us a hint. Know. Give us a hint. Uh, female author? Do they mean like yeah. superpowers? Kind of. Um. Okay, I'll just tell you. It's yeah. a wrinkle in time. Oh, I wish I'd gotten that. I've been wanting to read like Wrinkle this. in Time. Oh, I've yeah. Been you can that. take my copy. That's what I've been yeah. waiting for. I didn't realize. Whoopsie. Why did it become popular during the election? Because, because Chelsea, Chelsea Clinton said that that's oh, her favorite book. Right. During the uh, yes. Democratic Convention. I have a big birthday coming up. So anytime I hear Wrinkle, I'm just like, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> right. But time wrinkles don't show. It's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they like weird unicorns too or something? Angels? There are. Cherubim. Yeah. But they're like, aren't they unicorns at some point? No, they're, like there are Pegasus. Or yeah. right. There is okay. a Pegasus, I think. Okay. Um, wrong will be right. Oh, well, oh, hold on. Okay. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight at the sound um, of his roar. Lion of the Witch and Wardrobe. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I needed a bone. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Yeah. In punishment for the uprising, each of the 12 districts must provide Hunger one Games. <laughs> so when I looked at another um, list of this, there were, it was just just all, all Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Wow. Um, and then, and and this other book. It does not do, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Oh, Remember Little that. Prince. Now, no? why don't you put that admirable cloak back on and get off to bed? Oh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Oh. And oh, is that Dumbledore? The Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> crushed it. So good at this game. Let's play forever. That's the last one. That's the last one. That was, that was it? it. I think yeah. Kate won. I won. Kate All won. Done. I think I lost that game, so I have to buy the drinks. Yay. But yeah. We always play for drinks. And so. I was the guest, so it doesn't count. So that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you did, you did ably. You but did that, ably. Yeah. Yes, I got the Hunger Games. You the were up against a formidable talent. That's me. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't play. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't a Little Women's birthday or something? Yes, it was Louisa May Alcott's oh, birthday right. like two days ago, and, and the Google Doodle made me cry. Oh, I well, love just it. I don't understand just why you That's cry. why it was. I was like, yeah. why is this Amish today? <laughs> no, you didn't oh. recognize that. I never read Little Women. Whoa, oh God. whoa! Leave the studio. <laughs> I, I watched the movie and hated it. Harry Potter. What? I just read it for my 30th birthday. I'm going to have to escort Kate out for her own safety. <laughs> I'm saving something up. You just I, found wait, I just got the full books. box set from a, a friend of mine. So yeah, I can't do anything time. that's not real. I know. Hmm. I got the physical box set. No, real. no. Like, I can't do sci-fi. Do oh, I thought I couldn't I do, magic do magic either. Magic. I was wrong. It's all about no, real life. that's also the reason why I can't do Margaret Atwood. I'm just like, oh. this is not real. You can still it's do Edible Woman. still real in a way. No magic. Okay, I could do It's still real in a way. Okay, 
Yeah. I also I am not into like yes. I would never read George R. R. Martin. I would And frankly, Handmaid's Tale is getting all too real. So Yeah, mm-hmm. might as well read that. Okay, so Kurt Vonnegut is a great example. I don't Slaughterhouse care for Kurt, Kurt I love Slaughterhouse Five. I cannot do the rest. I can't. I don't care for him. I don't think I've even finished Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, I don't think I did either. My high school best friend was really, really, really into it, and so I read it a bunch of times. But I also constantly think that it's Catch Twenty Two. Oh, yeah. With books I haven't read, I file in some confusing pile in my brain. So (laughs) they get often by title or by weird associations. So I often think, "For Whom the Bell Told" and "The Phantom Tollbooth." Whoa, are each very other's book, different books. And Anne of Green Gables and House of the Seven Gables. Also very oh. different books. Because have read none of them. You must be stopped. And, yeah. well, see, when you haven't read the insides. Yeah, well, well. So going they just get filed by Gable. To oh. rereading <laughs> books. I Does anyone here pictures. have um, literary tattoos? No. 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 Okay, so I do. And I always have, like, a very dangerous rereading of books. Because <laughs> the worst thing you want to do is reread a book <laughs> after you get a tattoo and be like, oh. <gasps> Oh, no. <laughs> what I is did. your tattoo? So I have a T on my wrist for um, Tim Shell from East of Eden. And okay. it's about... Yeah, big it's Steinbeck a, fan. Big Steinbeck fan. And then on my foot, I have a BA for Brett Ashley from The from, Sun Also Rises. Okay. Oh. She is like mm-hmm. the classiest human being and absolutely miserable. And she is fantastic. <laughs> She's awesome. really good. That is a good... That's a good warning for literary tattoos, though. I'm, now I'm suddenly thinking, imagine... Not that I think maybe kill the to kill a mockingbird was inspiring that many tattoos i don't know but imagine mm-hmm. having that be your beloved book and you get your tattoo and then that ghost set a watch when it came out and they're like oh and by the way atticus is racist now well and imagine naming exactly. your kid after atticus Finch, i have friends whose mm-hmm. yeah. kid is named atticus yeah that's a thing i love that name um shall we close up then i think we should thank uh, you so much thank for you kate us, it's been great having thank you. you no this is lovely thank you for having me <laughs> everybody go to litzy download that app and let's get to get to reviewing and recommending and quoting and again uh look for both gallery and xoxo and me and i'm k hutch in the city and <laughs> um right now i'm reading the dinner by herman coke oh, i oh. believe it's phenomenal Oh, really it's good. Really, I've been meaning really to read good. that for years. It's it, it's so good. It's so different. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. We're going to start uh, totally adding you with recommendations from us, too. I'm yes. sure. Yes, do. Be like, check it out. Check it out. Um, and as always, go to xoxoafterdark.com for all sorts of goodies and for reading that you can do while you're litzying and hanging out in your jammies and all that good stuff. Until next time, the best conversations happen after dark. dark.